Welcome to the Sharp 600, brought to you by Covers.com. I'm Rob Cressy, and I'm super excited to be jamming with you. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet America. Right now, they're running a promotion where they're offering new players a risk-free bet up to $1,000. All you've got to do is register for a Bet America account and opt into the promotion. From there, place a bet, and if the first settled bet loses, Bet America will reward players bonus funds in the amount of the losing bet up to $1,000. Eligibility and restrictions apply. See the website for details. And joining me on today's show to drop some knowledge about how to bet college basketball is senior industry analyst for covers.com, Jason Logan. But first, let's talk some college football. Touchdown! The Big Mick bet of the week is 5-1 and one heading into this week. They got the golden arches. Mine is the golden arcs. And this week, I'm giving you a six-team college football only money line parlay. A $10 bet pays out $11.19. So we're starting off. UCF minus 800 on the road taking on Tulsa. We're going with Boise minus 535 at home taking on Wyoming. We got BYU minus 795 at home taking on Liberty. We got SMU minus 1240 at home taking on ECU. We got Oklahoma minus 605 taking on Iowa State. And this game is actually the one that gives me the most pause because Iowa State heading into the season was supposed to be good, but I don't believe Oklahoma would lose two games in a row. And the last one, Georgia minus 795 taking on Missouri. What I like about this, we've got all home teams except for one. Last week, UCF made us sweat a ton, as did East Carolina, who almost blew up our big Mick. But I feel good here as we don't have any NFL and college football seems to have been a little bit more consistent for us. I encourage you to put together a big Mick money line parlay. And when you do, Send it over to me. I'll share anything that gets sent in. Now time for the community bet of the week. And there's only one game that this could be. The game of the week, Alabama laying six at home, taking on LSU over under 62 and a half. And I've attended this game two of the last four years, last year in Baton Rouge and before then in Tuscaloosa. In both instances, both teams were two of the top teams in the nation. Game day was there, and it was billed as the game of the year. And guess what? In both instances, LSU got crushed by Alabama, and it's something that I have not forgotten. Alabama has also won eight in a row in this series. My lean in this game would be on the under. In the last four matchups, LSU has scored only 26 total points. Of course, this is the most high-powered offense we've seen out of LSU. But still, LSU always seems to be rolling, coming in hot and loaded, coming into this game, but it doesn't translate against Bama. I'll be putting the community bet up on Twitter. Make sure to vote which side you're on and then let me know. And on Saturday, we will experience the game together. And by the way, if you love college football, then you have to make a trip to Baton Rouge. I've done an SEC road trip with my friends where we go to a different SEC stadium every year. 
and LSU, without a doubt, was our best tailgating experience. The atmosphere was electric. The fans were friendly and hospitable, and we had the time of our life. And last year, we even ran into the Iceman Paul Wall and Astros third baseman Alex Bregman at the bar, and they were totally cool. It was just sort of the sprinkles on top. It was just an amazing experience. So definitely make your way to Baton Rouge. It needs to be on your sports bucket list. Woo! Last thing, I continually mention that we're building a sports betting community with the Sharp 600, and I want you involved in the show. One thing I'm very much open to is your suggestions for segments. It's how the Big Mick Bet of the Week started. A great example of this is this week, Stu Vass hit me up on Twitter and said that he'd like to see us talk about a sucker bet of the week. I like that suggestion, and I'll be implementing it for Tuesday's show. If you've got an idea, hit me up on Twitter, at Rob Cressy, and let me know about it. I'm all up for chopping up the sports betting slate in a variety of different ways. All right, you guys, let's listen up. Ultimate race is coming on your marks. The fall 2019 ultimate race starts Monday, November 11th with your chance to buy for $10,000 in cash and prizes, including a $5,000 grand prize and weekly prize packs. The rules are simple. Make a maximum of four picks each day and the first person to reach 200 wins the race. Make sure to register now for Cover's most popular free-to-play contest, brought to you by our friends at Bet America. Send it in, Jerome! And joining me to get you ready for the college basketball season is senior industry analyst for Covers.com, Jason Logan. Jason, great to have you back on the show. Yeah, man, good to be back. It's a good time of year. Everything's going here. Awesome start to the college basketball season as we had two incredible matchups. Number four, Duke beat number three, Kansas as a two-point dog. And number two, Kentucky beat number one, Michigan State as a three-point dog. Both games also went under. So what I want to talk about is how to cap early season college basketball. Can you share some nuggets of wisdom with us? Yeah, sure. Um, and the one thing you need to understand about the college basketball markets, especially at this time of year, and really until conference play starts getting underway um, in January, and kind of in the new year, is that this is shark-infested water. This is all sharp money, small, small public plays. But this is where the wise guys really, really make their, make their big money here in those first couple months of the college basketball season because there's so many teams. There's over, I think, 350 teams. Um, and odds makers have a tough time tracking all those things down. So it's a, you're jumping into some, some like I said, shark-infested water here. That's not to say that there isn't value to be had out there, especially if you've been paying attention over the summer, uh, seeing who's coming in, seeing who they left. So those are the things that you kind of want to pay attention to. As I mentioned, with 350 teams, uh, over 350 teams, you want to narrow your focus. You're not going to be able to cover that all. Like I said, odds makers kind of get underwater because they have to set lines on just about every game. There's some some leagues out there that they don't set lines for. They may have you may see a team get you know maybe four or five lines posted on the season, but for the most part, they're setting odds for just about every every game out there, and you can't handicap them all, and you can't keep close tabs on just about everything. But if you narrow your focus down to a particular leagues, so whether it's a favorite team that you have, whether it's a team like where you, you know if you live in that area. 
and that's the conference that's in your area, or maybe it's your alma mater and you went to the school and that's your conference, narrow your focus down and, and concentrate on those select conferences. Get to know those teams. If there's, you know, 10 teams or 12 teams in the conference, get to know those teams, get to know those coaches and their, and their trends and their habits well, rather than trying to a buckshot approach and trying to hit everything. All right. So a few questions I have for you. Um, mm. Key numbers. When we look at football, three, seven, 10, things like that. Is key numbers a thing in college basketball? You'll see some routine numbers pop up. And a lot of that has to do with odds makers. Like I said, it's, uh, there's a lot out there and they can't dedicate all the time in the world to those things. Things like NFL and the NBA and college football are going to take priority. So you will see some formulaic lines out there, similar totals, um, some spreads like that out there that you'll see kind of routinely. But I don't know if there's any key numbers, especially with the way that these guys shoot the ball now too. Uh, there's, it's, not, it's not as cut and defined as football because that scoring structure is you know, three points and seven points it's six points, things like that. It's, it's not the same, but you will see some formulaic numbers out there, especially in the early goings of the season. As they, as they start to learn more about these teams, this is a great time of year to bet these new sports because it's about as even a playing ground as you're going to find uh, between books and betters right now. All right, let's talk about home road versus neutral. One, how much is a home court worth? As in, in football, we trick, typically say, hey, it, it's three here. With college basketball, is there a similar correlation? And if someone's not at home, if it's neutral or away, how should we be thinking about those? Yeah, well, the, I would say in college sports, home and away splits actually have more impact than they would in the pros. And the professional, these guys are used to traveling. There's only a few places that really would have that home court advantage. And especially, you don't find that in the NBA. Uh, but with college sports, I mean, you could have a place like, um, you know, uh, Cameron Indoor, which, uh, you, you know, is way beyond a, f a three to five point lean on the spread, especially if a team that's coming in that's never really played there before in the early workings of the season. They're loud and they're right on top of you. And those things can totally impact the team. Um, one thing you want to look for, too, especially in the early workings of the season, and especially when it comes to like good small conference teams, teams that have to impress during the non-conference schedule because their, their regular season is very weak. They, you know, maybe the class, we see this with Gonzaga a lot. You know, they're the class of that conference, but you know, just, just winning that conference isn't enough for them to get a very good seed. They have to go out and they have to play some very good teams, which means they have to travel a lot. So if you look at some of those top small conference mid-major programs, they'll hit the highway a lot here over the next two months. And that's where you can find some value in those away splits too, because they'll be playing, you know, three games in the run of a week, all the way games, or they'll be coming into playing one of these tip off tournaments and having to play a bunch of games really close to, to together. And then having to travel for a game the next week, that's where you can find more those great home road splits, but there definitely is more. Uh, I would say you want to factor home court into your college basketball bets uh, more than any other sport. Is there a bet or situation that is typically overvalued? For example, being Joe Public, you're like, oh, ranked team versus an unranked team. I'm just going to go with the ranked team because that number in front of them makes it look easy for me. Yeah, I think rankings are, rankings are a great way to kind of throw you off the scent of, of value. People see that 1 through 25 next to a team's name and automatically think they're an elite team. But especially in the, the early workings of the season, these rankings are really built on nothing. They're built on returning players. They're built on what they did last year. They're built on program reputation and coaches reputation as well, too. So 
the rankings can definitely throw people off the scent early on. So I wouldn't put a whole lot of money into, into teams ranked one through 25 right now. Um, and also too, like you said, people see that and they will, they will say, Oh, well, I'm going to bet this ranked team and it'll jack up the spread a little bit. Okay. You know, a couple extra points. So you may see uh, a line padded a bit just because they are a ranked program. So you've got some awesome knowledge on this. Why are college basketball totals the one bet the books do not want you to bet? Yeah, well, it's uh, one thing is just, like I mentioned, the vast amount of games that are on the board. Um, and they, they really just can't keep pace with all of them. Um, generally, they'll make spreads first and then work their way backwards through totals. Um, but uh, that is kind of their, their biggest weakness is college basketball totals just because there's just so much. And also, too, there's so much that kind of ebbs and flows into the scoring, especially early on in the season, because coaches, especially with, with new faces, they're trying to work a rotation in. Um, they're, you know, they're trying to see what players fit which roles. Um, you have some coaches that are really out there for wins, some of these smaller, smaller uh, conference schools really have to pick up wins early on. They can't have those dings on the resume. Where a school like maybe North Carolina with Roy Williams, he may say, you know what, we, I'm not too worried about winning games at this point in the season. I really want to see what I have and, and who wants to be what in my system. And that's, that's the kind of their focus there. And those things can impact scoring. But, uh, yeah, definitely with, odds, with uh, sports books, they keep the totals very, very uh, safe. They, they want to lower their limits. They don't expose themselves all that much. But if you want to see them, but that's the most sharp market, I think, in sports betting is those college basketball totals. And you'll see some wild line moves. Like they, they, will, they will absolutely use the sharp, the sharp, early sharp opinion to mold their, their totals and their numbers going forward uh, for the rest of the week or the, that next you know, 24 hours to 48 hours as they release these odds. And you'll see some wild moves. Like it's nothing to see a double-digit line move on a total for some of these small conference games. What about betting first half unders, knowing that instead of taking it for the full game, knowing that you take overtime out of there? Is there a little bit more value in looking at things on a first half basis? Because anyone who's ever bet college basketball, one of the most mm -hmm. difficult things of betting it is at the end of the game, you don't know who's going to be playing. You see those garbage second dunks, yep. three-pointers, and you're like, oh, my God. And that sort of takes that out of it. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of derivative markets, you know, uh, first half points, first quarter points in NBA and, and WNBA. Like in the WNBA, I buttered my bread all, all summer long just by betting derivatives. And if you can, and those are the type of patterns too, especially early on that teams, uh, teams will show and they don't necessarily get picked up by the books or the betters. Not like a full game spread or a full game total would be. So if you have a team that's traditionally, um, you know, a fast starter, but all of a sudden this season, they're, they're really slow out of the blocks and they're only shooting this, this percent from the field and they're playing at this pace in the first half and then they turn it on in the second half. Those are things that you can definitely take advantage of and the value will stick around a lot longer with those than it would say a full game side or a full game total. So, so finding those derivative patterns and trends early on is, is key. Um, and and they, like I said, those, those type of bets will stick around a little longer too before our books get wise to them and start adjusting. All right, let's wrap up with this. Let's get some insight into betting futures. And so often as a better, you're like, oh, value, value, value. You get so much value. <laughs> but given the variability of March Madness, it seems sure. very difficult to pinpoint. You're like, hey, I'm holding a Villanova 15 to 1 ticket. 
but mm-hmm. it's such a crapshoot on who's going to make it or what that at the end of the day, the majority, the overwhelming majority of tickets are going to be losers. So take us into your insight into betting in college basketball futures. Well, college basketball futures are unlike any other futures market out there. I could probably take the college basketball futures for the last 10 years and put them up next to each other. And they all look pretty similar. You're going to see those Dukes and Kansas and Kentucky's and Michigan States and North Carolina's. They're all going to be towards the top because one, they are the power programs. They are the blue bloods of college basketball, but they also take a butt ton of action all year long. People want to bet Duke. They're the most popular teams. People want to bet Kansas and Kentucky. And as they come to Las Vegas over the summer and as they come to them over the NFL season, um, they're going to throw their, their, their money down on those blue bloods. And so the futures markets really don't, they're not as volatile as we would see with NFL, where you have only a handful of games, you know, 16 games for these teams every year, and they'll ebb and flow so much over the course of a week. But with college basketball, these things really do not change that much until, say, January. Maybe you have a a cluster of injuries come for for one of these programs, or maybe you just have one of them just laying an egg and you have another program rising up. You don't see that much flex in the futures market. So uh, for me, there's no big rush to run out and bet a futures ticket right now because the, the value's still going to hang around. What you want to look for is those that secondary favorites and third kind of tier of teams on the futures market. See a team that gets hot. See a team that maybe goes into Cameron and beats Duke and, and really shows a little clout. Maybe a team you know that, that, is, that is picking up the pace and, and shooting good three-pointers or a team that, that's, that's playing fantastic defense. Um, those type of teams – that are beyond the blue bloods, beyond those perennial favorites. Those are the guys that you can get futures on. And, and when it comes to value, I mean, you really just, for me, it's about putting yourself in a position where you may have multiple futures going at some point, and maybe you get to the final four and you have two of two futures tickets on two of those final four teams. And then you're putting yourself in a position where you can hedge and guarantee yourself a profit. Uh, a few years back, I had a futures ticket on North Carolina. I believe it was like 12 to 1, something like that. Not bad for North Carolina. Um, I didn't make it until later on in the season, almost right before the tournament started. Um, and they got into the final. They played Gonzaga. I, had a, had a, um, I could at least hedge my loss uh, with, a, with a money line bet on Gonzaga. And um, it all turned out all right for me in the end. But, yeah, with, with NCAA futures, they're very different from any other futures market because they just don't – they're they're going to look the same for the next two months. Nothing nothing's really going to move them all that much unless like a coach gets sick or a, a big time player or or even a handful of big time players go down. Jason, this was phenomenal information. Where can everybody connect with you? All right, well you can you can check me out on on Twitter at covers JLo. But something that's really cool with our covers team this year is that I'm going to be doing weekly a weekly ACC betting show uh, across a ton of markets in ACC country. Uh, WGHP in Greensboro, WRIC in Richmond, WFXR in Roanoke, uh, going to be in, on WSYR uh, in Syracuse, WSPA in Spartanburg, uh, WXIN in Indianapolis, WJBF in Augusta, uh, WMBB Panama City, and WEHT in Evansville. So we're going to be across the board with ACC specials on all those channels every single week. I'm going to be giving a, you know, a little two minute, three minute betting sound bite in there, looking at the odds for some of the big games, maybe touching on some of those futures tickets uh, as, as we kind of get the season started here. So it's some exciting times for us here at Coverage. 
Shout out to Panama City. I spent yeah, spring boy. break there and had the time of my life. So hopefully they'll have me down for in studio stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, of, of course. And I want to hear from you. Do you bet college basketball? If so, share some of your insight into your betting strategy. You can hit me up on Twitter at Rob Cressy and make sure to use hashtag Sharp 600 and be part of our community. Also, make sure to tag at covers. In every episode, I say the biggest thing you can do to help us is if you dig this, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes because it helps us so much. When you do, we will give you a shout out on the show. Also, make sure to check into Bet America for the $1,000 risk free bet. Remember, if you want to be a sharp, don't be a square with your bankroll. Be disciplined with your money management. The book of the devil hits you with the rap level of 10. The one, two, three, your pen. I get action. So everybody jump with your rope. If you like the way the sound pumps, pump it in your black trunk. And let loose with the juice when I do rock. I'm too hot. Some say I got more juice than two pops.